Hello and welcome to the MTM Vegas podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, the founder of Miles to Memories, joined by the MTM managing editor, Mark Osterman. What's going on, Mark? What's up? What's going on? I'm excited. It's been a couple weeks since we did like a regular podcast recording because of vacations and the live stream and everything. Before we get into the show, if you like this show, don't forget to subscribe. You can find us in any podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify. Just search Miles to Memories or MTM Vegas. We also have our Miles to Memories travel podcast. So if you love our podcast, if you love me and Mark, you can check us out there on the Miles to Memories podcast as well. And if you like the show and you're on Apple, don't forget to leave us a review. We really, really appreciate all of the feedback. We've had tons of incredible reviews on Apple Podcasts. And we hope they keep coming in. Thank you so much to everybody who's done that. Those five-star reviews help us out tremendously. Now let's get into the show. Mark, I'm getting ready. I'm very, very excited. My son is turning 21 in less than two weeks. It's kind of crazy. I don't know how we got here in life to the point where I have a 21-year-old son, but that's where we are. That's what happens when it's an oops, right? <laughs> I guess, yeah, when you're young. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just I'm just busting balls. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. And I mean, of all places... To... I'm going to play that for him so he hears it and he's going <laughs> to... Of all the places to have a, a kid turn 21, like uh, Vegas is probably... Maybe New Orleans is uh, slightly better in my opinion, but Vegas is pretty much like right there with where you would want to celebrate it. So that's kind of cool that you're already there. But then you're also a parent. So, you know, normal stuff 21-year-olds would go to Vegas to do, you're not going to want to really participate in, uh, maybe. So you have to walk that fine line. So just don't be my uh, my wife's parents on her 21st birthday. And what and what did they, uh, how did your wife celebrate her 21st birthday with her parents? <laughs> They're a little uh, stricter and everything. So they went out to brunch, they went out to a brunch. And when she sits down, you know, they're ordering food or, or about to go up and get food. And they're like, uh, you can have one glass of mimosa, you know, for your 21st. Like, they put it down, like, this is what you're allowed, even though she's a grown adult at that point, and, you know, like, she's not driving, so what... But anyway, they're like, you are you can have one. <laughs> <laughs> so don't be lame, okay, like that? Well, you know, at that age, you are a lightweight, right? So you gotta, you gotta watch yourself not to get, not to get too crazy. Well... Sometimes, sometimes not. My son's not a huge party animal, so he didn't have any like crazy plans for his 21st birthday. Wanted to do dinner with us, and then he was, you know, talking to some of his friends about hanging out. And then I just had this idea like, why not? You know, his dad is a Vegas YouTuber, and we do this podcast, and I'm kind of always on the strip, and I know so much about it. And believe it or not, haven't taken him to the strip too much as a kid, right? Because I, you know, there's only so many things you can do with a kid on the strip. Of course, he's done all the Bellagio fountains, all that stuff over the years, but he hasn't spent a whole lot of time on the strip, certainly less than I did as a kid. So I thought, why not christen his 21st birthday by taking him to the strip for a weekend, like a, a full, he turns he turns 21 on a Saturday, do the full Saturday, Sunday night, do a full weekend experience with his parents. And I know it's a little weird, but we're going to try to give him a bit of a party and be the cool young parent. I guess that's the benefit of, you know, when your parents are young when they're when you're born, right? They're still somewhat young when you're 21 so that you can have fun. I don't know how it's going to go, but hopefully it'll be good. Yeah, my parents, they uh, had my sister at 20 and me at 22. So they definitely had the young parent thing going on. And we'd sit and have drinks together when I was uh, 20, 21, 22 type of thing. So I definitely get that thing. Did you, did he have a, does he have a favorite place that you guys are going for dinner or anything like that? Like any special food that he's looking for? No, I mean, we're going to take him to, to Steakhouse. We've got, gotten through different kind of ideas. My first idea, and I had reservations, was Delilah, which is the new supper club at Wynn. 
But then I was like, well, that's not really a 21st birthday vibe. So right now we have reservations at Oscars, but I'm looking at some some other options too. So right, because I do want to spend some time downtown with him. I feel like you're turning 21 in Vegas. You got to go downtown. Um, the big problem though is the Saturday night hotel. I didn't really plan this ahead of time. So the hotels for Saturday are very expensive, and I'm trying to. I'm hoping that with the mask stuff, that prices come down a little bit. For now, we have Saturday night at the Sahara Compt, where you know I could pay 400 plus a night at a different thing. We can be in the Alexandria Tower, which was the former W, so it's a very nice hotel tower. So we'll see if we keep the Sahara. I'm still playing free agent ball. I'm gonna be looking at prices all the way up till when we go, but it's gonna be fun. I haven't actually ever drank with my son, uh, despite the fact that, of course, he's had a few drinks here and there over the years. And if you're listening to this podcast and you think kids under 21 don't drink, uh, well, then maybe you're a little bit mistaken. But he's not a party animal at all, so we'll see how he handles Vegas with his parents for a whole weekend. <laughs> yeah, I was expecting you know to, you to have a wind suite or something at your favorite place, uh, do it up. But yeah, when you wait last minute in Vegas these days, it's uh, it's you're taking it in the teeth for sure. Well, and especially because Sahara gave us the comp. I wasn't expecting the comp to work on Saturday night, but it did. You know, you're talking to $500 a night at Wynn compared to free at Sahara. And so for Sunday night, we're probably going to do Bellagio. So we are going to do something really fancy on Sunday night, which is significantly cheaper. I think it's going to be cool because I'm going to film some stuff, I think, for the channel. Like maybe film his first time playing slots. And also, I'm going to monitor all of his offers if he gets any offers for from any of the loyalty programs. So I'll be able to convey that kind of how a new person signing up, 21 years old, they play at these places, what they get. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to do it. Hopefully a lot of fun. Hopefully he doesn't get too sick and he can pace himself and it'll be good. I'm excited for it. I was going to say your brothers didn't take him when he was five to play some nickel slots like you, you know, he's starting a little late there. (laughs) Yeah, he didn't get all of the experience of like growing up a criminal at the Tropicana, turning on water slides, getting uh, arrested for gambling when he was five. He didn't get any of that fun. So I robbed him all, all that stuff that I love of my childhood. I robbed him of by being, uh, you know, a, a responsible parent, I guess. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be it'll be good. He grew up here, too. So his relationship to Vegas is different than mine, different than probably a lot of people who listen here, just as being a kid who grew up here, spent his time here. Uh, from the time he was a baby, he saw all those big buildings. And, you know, now he'll get to see a different side of it. So I, I'm truly excited. Got to cut some, some interesting things in the works and trying to make it special. My 21st birthday kind of sucked. So I guess maybe I'm just trying to, to relive it. So... I'll make it my 21st birthday, number two. <laughs> you had a, a baby, basically, when you were 21st birthday, right? We did. We went to dinner, and it just wasn't like it just wasn't a great day. So I figure a 21st birthday weekend for him, hanging out on the strip for me and my wife with him, it'll be good. And Ellie's going to stay with Jasmine's sister, so it's kind of like old school, just the three of us, which, of course, uh, Ellie was born when he was 15, so for much of our family life, it was just the three of us. So it'll be fun. Make sure you buy him uh, three Wiseman from Uncle Mark as his first shot, as his first drink. <laughs> All right, three wise. What's three Wiseman? I don't even know what that is. Three Wiseman is Jim Beam, uh, Johnny Walker, and Jack Daniels mixed together in one shot. So I had to drink one when I was twenty-one. So let's pass it along. Keep keep it going. Hey, but you weren't in Vegas. He's got to have some longevity here. I don't know. Something like that might uh, might mess him up. Maybe his first shot of the night. We'll give him. Uh, we'll you give just him hit the oxygen bar. <laughs> and in Vegas, how much would that cost? A half ounce of uh, we got Johnny Walker Jack Daniels. That's probably like a forty dollars shot uh, at the uh, at that Cosmo. <laughs> Especially at Caesars, then they'd give you half of uh, half of what they should, and then charge you forty bucks. Yeah, for sure. That's uh, 
That's in our future. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to to the bill for for putting up this weekend, but I think it's a once in a lifetime experience. So why not? Why not do it? All those crazy people on Twitter inspire me with their cool Vegas trips. And I do recognize that as a local, and so many locals are detached from the strip, detached from the tourism thing. And then they have this weird attitude about it. So like people will come and visit and occasionally they'll go down to the strip, but they don't experience it in the same way that tourists do in the same way that you do. And so it's been so nice as the Vegas stuff has grown to kind of follow people and really kind of change my mindset about Vegas from being a local to seeing the perspective of a tourist while also still having kind of the knowledge of a local and and my perspective on it that way. So it's been cool. And I really want to spend more time on the strip kind of as a tourist. And I will report back and we're looking for for some uh, some recommendations, too. So if anybody has recommendations on where we should go, cool places, let me know. Yeah, and I think that's something that, you know, everybody should do wherever they live because there's uh, places that a lot of tours go. Like when I visit New York City, the bellman will be like, oh, what are you guys doing today? I'm like, well, we're heading to Roosevelt Island. He's like, oh, yeah, oh, really? And I'm like, have you ever been? He says, no, never been out there. You know, there's so many places that people live and they don't ever really go and experience all the stuff that's available because you kind of fall into your rut and you do your little thing like within the, the radius of your house. That's where you go and you don't really go out and check out new areas or you know, do the touristy thing because you think it's annoying or stupid. Um, but everybody should take a little bit more time doing that stuff wherever they live, you know, do all those things because there's a reason people come to do them. So you're kind of missing out. Absolutely. And it's been so cool about the Vegas channel here, getting to do more than I had done before and then getting to share my passion here. So let's move on to Resorts World. Have you seen some of the TripAdvisor reviews for the three hotels at Resorts World, uh, Conrad, Crockford's, and Hilton? Uh, God, they're not good. Yeah, I was surprised they were so low, uh, especially for Hilton because it's, you know, lower tier brand and not overly expensive. And, you know, I thought it was decent, but I'm not too surprised about Crockford's, Conrad either so much. One, I'm kind of surprised how few reviews there are. There's only like 30 for some of the hotels, which it's been open for weeks and it's been pretty packed most of the time, at least on weekends. So I'm kind of surprised there wasn't more reviews and maybe it's just all the people that really hated it came out in force. And the people that were just kind of like, eh, didn't feel like writing a review. So it's kind of swaying that way. But it was surprising how bad they were. Now, I should say that a hotel with 4,000 rooms is going to have hundreds and hundreds, thousands of TripAdvisor reviews by the time it's all said and done. Right now, I think Conrad has 30, Hilton has about 40, and Crockford's has six reviews. But they're all averaging three out of five. And there's some really horrid reviews there. A lot of the things that people are complaining about are things that we talked about in our reviews or on the on the YouTube channel, in our weekly MTM Vegas news show, shameless plug, youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. Make sure to check that show out every week because Mark and I do the Vegas news in about 25 minutes every week. But so we've talked about that. But I mean, yeah, there's people complaining about the rooms not being as nice. People complaining about noise was interesting from we saw from our room, you saw the pool with the day club out there. Apparently, there's a lot of noise coming from that at night when they're having concerts, all kinds of like little things that maybe they didn't think of. And then there's also people complaining about the rooms at Crockford's, too, which that's not a huge surprise either. Yeah, it's kind of surprising with the day club and the nightclub because it is quite a ways away from the hotel. You wouldn't think that you would hear it coming that far it's not like it's in the actual pool area. It's kind of like at the end of the, the whole, all the buildings out near the strip, uh, you know, towards wind. So it's a distance. So they must be really pumping it. I don't know what it's like to experience it being there. Like I'm not huge into 
loud music where you leave and your ears are ringing. So it sounds like that's what it is. But yeah, kind of crazy if it's keeping them up at night that far away. You know, you always hear that on Fremont Street, stuff like that, which is understandable because those hotel rooms, some are like right above the canopy and there's always a lot of noise. Plus there were many of them were built a long time ago, so they didn't have great soundproofing. But for a brand new build in that far away, you wouldn't think it would be a problem. But there are multiple reviews, which is crazy to me. Multiple reviews talking about the noise from the nightclubs. Some of them were negative about everything. Some of them just mentioning it in passing. And I'm yeah, I'm very surprised. It must be something to do with the architecture and the way the sound travels up. I'm sure that they put fairly robust glass on there. And, uh, you know, Circa has a similar issue with their pool. You can hear it a little bit. But they have a lot of soundproofing. And I didn't notice too much noise coming from the canopy or the pool. You could hear it a little bit. But considering how loud it actually is, Circa did a really good job on that. And Resorts World, you're further removed, so I'm surprised about it. But, you know, just given our experience staying there, I'm not surprised by the mixed reviews. Uh, That happens uh, a lot of the time. I am a little bit surprised. A lot of people are taking issue to the design. They don't like, they call it a big shopping mall, which I feel like is very short-sighted. I don't think it's a big shopping mall. I was just there again uh, the other day, a couple days ago, walking through there. It's very loud. I think that's my biggest complaint about the design when it's really full, when the music's blasting, when every venue is full, I don't think that they anticipated everything being so open, how that would affect the sound. But it does get loud in there. But do you think it's a, just a giant shopping mall? No, I didn't get that vibe. And, I, you know, I heard other people or read other people complaining that, like, they didn't like that there wasn't a ton of color. You know, the ceiling is all one color. The wall, it's all kind of, uh, you know, beige or understated undertones. And you see that even in the Crockford's lobby, very understated, not a lot of pop of color. You know, they're like, oh, basically their slot machines are their color, which I didn't mind it. I kind of like that. That's kind of more the modern uh, look of where things are going, you know, more understated instead of a lot of pop. But understandably, Vegas is usually like in your face pop out. I can see why people would be upset about that. As far as the mall, the mall, it, it, it felt a little bit weird because it's so tall when you get down into the mall area. And there wasn't like a lot going on on the upper floors, which I think over time will fill out. But the main corridor I thought was nice enough. You know, it it felt spacious. It has the, like they actually bring the color in in the mall thing, at least at night. They change the different LED light colors and everything kind of like changes with it. So it gives you like a different vibe than what you get in the casino, which I kind of wish they would have done that in the casino too. Like change the lights on the ceiling, different colors throughout the day and stuff. I think that would have been kind of cool. Maybe that is something they have available to them. They just haven't done it. I don't think so, but it could be. The mall isn't a big draw to me. Like I wouldn't go there for that. So I don't know why they would call it a big mall or maybe just the feel of it. Yeah, I think because it's open to the mall. So they kind of lump it all together. I don't agree with that assertion. But I definitely think if you're if you're nerdy about Vegas and about resorts, well, check out the TripAdvisor reviews because there's not a lot of great ones. Even the ones that are positive, that are four and five stars, they all have issues that they're bringing up. So this hotel, one month later, still a lot of kinks to, to work out. And the other interesting thing, I was there this weekend. I brought Ellie down there. When she saw my, when she saw my opening day video of Resorts World, she saw the sun's out, buns out egg with his egg yolk but she calls it the egg booty, so that's what she calls it, and she wanted to see that in person. So this last weekend, we brought her down there, and we went to the Bellagio Conservatory to see the uh, the display for, for summer right now, and she really enjoyed that. And then we took her down to Resorts World just briefly to kind of see it, but also to see the sun's out, buns out booty, and she got to touch it for good luck. And uh, so that was that was fun. But the crowds 
were significantly less than they were just a few weeks ago all over the Strip. At Bellagio, too, it was busy. Don't get me wrong, it was Saturday in the summer, so it was busy. But a few weeks ago, everywhere was packed, and now it was just busy on a Saturday. So I do feel like we're seeing some some softness from, from the COVID, from the mask stuff. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But the food court at Resorts World was hopping. There was definitely people in the casino. It's still a really good property. It's still a top-tier property in Las Vegas. I don't care what people say. There are issues with the hotels. I've been there a number of times now. And it's still nicer than almost everything else on the Strip. But certainly, to me, it's not going to compare to Wynn or Cosmo, and I've said that before. Yeah, I think if you look at just like the casino area and the the public areas, it's very nice. The hotels, of course, uh, I do not think are that great. I would put them mid-tier for the strip, and not as far as like design. It just it doesn't it doesn't draw you in. It's very corporate feeling, so that's what knocks it down. I mean. The rooms are fine. They're not bad or anything. It's just it doesn't, you know, excite you in any way. Like when you walk in, you're like, oh, let me drop my bag off and get out of here because I don't want to spend any time in here. Where other places you're like, oh, this is really cool. I want to look around the room or I feel comfortable here. It just feels like a place you just sleep in and you want to leave. So for some people, that won't be a problem. For others, it will be. But yeah, I do like the the casino in that area, so I'm kind of surprised that people are hating on it so much. I do think that there's backlash that you're getting because there's a lot of Vegas people on Twitter and and vloggers and stuff like that that have been, you know, we assume been paid by Resorts World, and they never say anything bad about it. Everything is always twisted into a, a positive light. So I think everything was like sunshine and rainbows and candy and unicorns, and uh, you know that's what everybody saw. So they're like, oh, I can't wait to check this property out, and then you check it out, and you're like, whoa, this is not at all what i expected and this isn't you know the rooms don't match what the pictures are and this isn't what people were saying like they say it's the coolest place ever and it's so i think it was overhyped and that gets black backlash and we've talked about this before where you know it's kind of short-sighted for these companies these new casinos to pay influencers to just prop it up because then you know everybody comes in with high expectations and they they have a big backlash because of it so i think that worked against them a little bit this time around and we don't have any evidence but in our credit card space, in our travel space, where we work with Miles to Memories and we do travel rewards, all that stuff, we're heavily watched. And so if we don't disclose that we're getting paid for something, not only will the banks and our partners come after us, but our readers will as well. And in the Vegas space, it doesn't seem to be the case. And while it's never disclosed, so we don't know 100% that people are getting paid, it's very clear in some cases that there are influencers on the payroll, or at least they're hyping up properties constantly. Uh, where you know they don't do other properties. I wish it, there was more disclosure there so people could see more truth to that. And that's unfortunate in the Vegas space, but it's not unique to that. I think we're used to working more with financial products, and so the regulation's a little bit stricter. Although, just to be clear, any influencer, anybody who's getting paid for anything is supposed to disclose that as an ad. And that's something that's uh, regulated by the FTC. But I agree with you. I think we saw a lot of positive coverage. You and I privately, we're not going to call anybody out, has shared some some messages where people will share something terrible and then some influencers will sort of wash it and come out with like the best case scenario of what that was before they share it. It's kind of things like that. Uh, yeah, it's it's you know, it's been tough. We saw the same thing with Circa, to be fair, and we continue to see the same thing with Circa where they're where they have influencers. We've heard the thing about uh, Plaza downtown very friendly to vloggers if you contact them ahead of time. I've never contacted them ahead of time. 
I've tried to film in there and I've gotten shut down. So apparently the whole game is you got to contact them ahead of time. Tell them you're going to be there so that they can make things special for you. I don't know. Fortunately for us, we don't need to play that game. We have our own thing. We're doing our own thing. I'm not worried about getting freebies and stuff. I'm more worried about conveying the true experience and building an audience over time. I know you're on the same page with that. So thankfully, we're able to talk a little bit differently and give some more nuance because we both loved Resource World in some areas and we both really didn't like other areas. It wasn't just indifferent to them. There are parts of Resource World I just don't like, but there are many parts that I love. Like the the cafeteria food court, yeah, that one. <laughs> no, that actually is cool. Triggering Sean. I don't I don't one. like the prices there at all. The prices there to me still every time I go there are ridiculous. But it, I will say on Saturday it was full. All the tables were full. It was busier than the casino was. Hopefully they figured out the ordering issues there and you know the billing issues and stuff. I it was just it was kind of a mess. And next time I go back maybe it'll be a better experience. But yeah, the prices are extremely high for what you're getting. You know from a basically a fast food type of setup, you would expect it to be a little bit lower. But yeah, I, w- I would probably Grubhub it and not have to mess with any of that stuff. That's kind of the, one of the features I did like that that's available to anybody pretty much anywhere on property almost. Kind of a cool feature and something that's unique to them. And a good idea. I really like anything that kind of fixes a need you didn't even know you had. I like that ingenuity and and that those type of things. So I always that's why I ordered a sandwich, even though I didn't really want one, just because I wanted to experience it. Because it is something that I found unique and cool and new, which a lot of Vegas is retread. So I thought that was uh, one thing that you definitely check out if you're staying there. It did seem like they've added more cashier stations, and everything seemed to be working much better. Obviously, I didn't try it myself there. Um, they also, we talked about it on the MTM Vegas show, but they're adding that Amazon touchless technology to one of the Fred Siegel stores. So it's cool to see them pushing the boundary there. And the other thing about Resorts World is for that Saturday night for my son's birthday, I could get Crockford's with a Hilton free night certificate. And I just don't know that I want to spend a Hilton free night certificate on that when I could use that in Hawaii or something. I'm still tempted to just wait till Crockford's gets cheaper on cash uh, than to burn a free night certificate or to burn 90, 95,000 Hilton points. So I'm still tempted, but that is an option too for his birthday. I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't, uh, you know, I was supposed to stay there in September, kind of like my redo and they had promised me a chance at getting a suite. So maybe I should do it because I got bumped the first night grant or like the first weekend of opening. So, you know, I booked that and I, and then the room pictures came out and I was like, oh, hell no. Like, I'm not spending my certificate to be in a what what looked like to me like a worse uh, Conrad room. Like, I didn't like the, the coloring as much as I liked it at Conrad. So I was like, oh, OK, bumped to that. And, you know, I've kind of hopped around different options, but I'm using the uh, Amex Platinum came out with a FHR credit, yearly credit for all cardholders where you get two hundred dollars back. So I said, hey, this is the time to kind of like book something I normally wouldn't pay for. So we ended up doing four seasons for one night. And, uh, you know, it was like high 300s, but I'm getting $200 in credit that I normally wouldn't have gotten until they just rolled out these new perks. So it knocks it down to right around 200 bucks, a little bit under, I think. So that's, you know, I've never been to a Four Seasons. Everybody always talks about their service and stuff. So, and I know you've never been there. So one, we get to check out a new property in Vegas for the channel and for everything. And two, I've never been to Four Seasons, so that'll be unique. And three, I'm getting it like half off, essentially. So this was the time and I'd much rather do that versus Crockford. So maybe you should check uh, FHR and use your uh, platinum credits. There's a tip or uh, a good idea. But that's what we kind of did. And I have no desire to go to Crockford's anymore, even though I love that lobby. I'll probably take my wife there to hang out and have a drink at the bar. She she probably be like, "Why do we come here for this?" But 
I really do like that lobby, and I wish the rooms conveyed the same level that the lobby does because it's kind of sad. It's wasted, but yeah, frustrating for sure. Yeah, I love that lobby as well. The FHR thing is a good tip because Vegas is one of the best markets for American Express Fine Hotels and Resorts, so that $200 credit is a big new feature of the Platinum Card. On Sunday night, the Bellagio is only $169 on American Express FHR, so I do plan to use that. That will come with, so I think it's about 240 ish with the resort fee and tax. That'll come with $60 breakfast credit, $100 dining credit, plus hopefully, you know, with it being his birthday, we'll, we'll get a nice room. Even if I have to slip a $20 bill, it'll, we'll get a nice room. But So hopefully at least a view of the fountains and some good stuff there. So Sunday, I'm, do, I'm using the FHR credit. And to your point, so it's 240 so I'll pay $40 after the credit, and we're getting the $100 dining credit, the free breakfast, all that stuff. Saturday night, again, I'm still debating because of the prices being so crazy, and I'm hoping that they come down with, well, I'm not hoping, you know, because I don't want Vegas to do badly. I want, I don't want people to cancel, so I don't want in that way, but I mean, I, you know, if the prices come down, they come down, so I'll keep my eye on that. Let's, let's talk, have you seen this Vegas Loop script? You know, on the channel, I covered Vegas Loop. I was there for the testing. I was there on opening day at the World of Concrete, riding it. And uh, my video has been viewed over 100,000 times on YouTube. And this TechCrunch article came out this week talking about the script that the drivers have to follow to tell uh, customers what's going on. Apparently, they're not allowed to just talk loosely. They have a very, very controlled way of talking about their fearless leader, Elon Musk. Yeah, it's uh... (laughs) a... I did not I did not get the details like you uh, mentioned it to me, but I haven't checked out the article. So I'm kind of curious to see, you know, what what the script says. But how thin skinned is, some, you know, you're a billionaire. Don't worry about it. Like, let, <laughs> let the people chat. That's part of the experience. But it's kind of crazy. He's like, just focus on driving like you're driving through a tunnel. There's no traffic in front. You know, like there's no two way traffic or anything. So what are you worried about? Like, let them talk. But. Yeah, let's hit, hit me with them. Let's hear them. All right. So what was funny about this is I've been in these cars many times, I've taken many laps on the Vegas Loop, had many conversations with drivers, asked them many of these questions. And in some cases, the answers were different than than the script. But let's kind of pull some some stuff out here. Uh, the first one is, you know, asking the driver how long they've been with the company. And they're not allowed to, like, answer, oh, I just started this week or something like that because they're afraid customers will be afraid of them driving. So... They're only allowed to say, you know, that they've been here long enough to know these tunnels pretty well. There you go. Oh, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, I, I kind of get what the, you know, you don't want to say like, oh, I just started today. Uh, hope, hopefully we don't crash, you know, type of thing. But yeah, like everybody knows that everybody just started. I mean, it's a new thing. So that's kind of weird. All right. So let's talk about Elon Musk and what they're supposed to do if people ask about Elon Musk. Of course, boring company owned by Tesla's CEO, Elon Musk, also the CEO of SpaceX. And there's a lot of controversy about this company because people do hate on Elon or people are fascinated with Elon and they love him. So in almost every ride I took with other people, Elon actually came up in the conversation. So this is very, very important. This is what it says in regards to the Elon questions. This category of questions is extremely common and extremely sensitive. Public fascination with our founder is inevitable and may dominate the conversation. Be as brief as possible and do your best to shut down such conversation. If passengers continue to force the topic, politely say, I'm sorry, but I really can't comment and change the subject. And then there's other questions. Do you like working for him? And uh, yeah, things like that. They're just basically supposed to shut it down 
And if people keep pressing him, they just say, yeah, he's a great leader. He motivates, he motivates us to do great work. So yeah, just like in North Korea, he's a fearless leader, Elon Musk. Oh man. Yeah. Like, why are you worried about this? I don't, I don't, everybody bad talks their boss and this is like the biggest of bosses. So it is what it is, but it's don't shut it down. Like, are they bugging these cars? Like, this makes me think that they're probably, like, listening in at some time. You know, like, that's that's the first thing I think of is maybe they should point to the big monitor in the middle and be like, he's listening. Don't talk about him, please. But, I don't know, it's like you're making it worse than than it would have been by, by calling, a t- bringing attention to it. So, oh, man, crazy. And they even go to, like, if somebody asks about Elon's tweets, his erratic tweets, um, they're supposed to say, Elon is a public figure. We're just here to provide an awesome transportation experience. <laughs> so if you have a problem with his tweets or him going on Joe Rogan and smoking pot or whatever happens, he provide, we're just here to provide an awesome transportation experience for you. Who cares about Elon Musk? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then don't tweet. Like, if you're worried about people talking about you tweeting, then don't tweet. I don't know. It just, wow. That's crazy. That's next level crazy. I mean, it is, but then you've seen some of the comments on my Vegas Loop video and how much hate this man gets and how much hate the system gets. Everybody's saying, yeah, they just put tunnel, you know, you should build a train. Well, a train would cost, you know, 20 times more, or you should have done this or done that. So there's just so much hate for the system and hate for him. And I feel like, yeah, they're just a little bit like worried about that. So they, they were trying to be proactive. I will say that every driver I had, and I probably had, I don't know, a dozen or more different drivers on Vegas Loop through my times through the through the tunnels, they're all really professional, really friendly, really good and knowledgeable people. They have good conversations. In fact, in the article on TechCrunch, it says that the, they should shut down conversation as much as possible. They're not there to entertain you. They're not there. They're there to drive and to focus on driving. I've experienced the opposite. Of course, they've driven, but they've always had a conversation with people. And the other thing I saw in that TechCrunch article I thought was interesting is that Clark County is not allowing them to use autopilot in the tunnels. So I don't know what the regulation is with that. Uh, obviously, we know that they're driving, but the article seemed to say that it was the county preventing it from happening. So who knows how they're working on the automation system, but uh, anytime Vegas Loop gets in the news, we'll, we'll cover it because it is a cool system. Everybody's obsessed with it. Everybody hates Elon Musk. <laughs> well, it's kind of like a Howard Stern private parts movie where they're like, you know, why do people listen to him so long? And it was the average person that loves him listens for three hours. The average person that hates him listens for four hours and it was the same they want to see what he's going to say next either way if you get a lot of hate or a lot of love it means that people are going to be invested so let the hate roll i i would say like you know it's not going to ruin anything you're paying for the future expansion yourself so it's not like the negative press is going to stop vegas from taking free stuff it's just not the way it works. So I would just let it go. Like, who cares? You know, people that hate you are probably going to write it more than people that love you because they want to go there to nitpick it or complain about it or to bring up something. So take the money and run. Like, let the let the haters hate. That's what I would say. No, you're right. And that's exactly why I think LVCVA made such a good decision in, in bringing Vegas Loop. Look, here we are. The news is bad. We still don't have a lot of conventions. Masks are coming back to Las Vegas. This variant spreading everywhere. This is bad news for Vegas, right? Everybody's talking about cancellations, all this other stuff. And TechCrunch is covering the Vegas Loop. And they're doing it because it's a interesting system to people because of Elon Musk, because of all this hate and all this other stuff. Yeah, Vegas is going to continue to get attention for this system and to your point, Boring is going to pay for the main, most of the tunnels, which are going to start soon. So 
Yeah, I, I think this was a brilliant strategy to bring this here. The more I see this go on, the more I see the coverage of it. It keeps Vegas in the news. People say, well, it costs $50 million in government money. Not really. They had a budget for this construction project, which was the expansion of the uh, of the convention center, of which $50 million went towards this people mover system. So it would have gone towards one system or the other. That's what people don't understand. It's not like they just found $50 million and built it. So I think this continues to prove that this was a fantastic system. The fact that people are asking all these questions, that they're so interested in it, you know, to your point about Resorts World and the, the Grubhub stuff, you know, that's what this is. This is the equivalent of that on the transportation network. Yeah, it's another good move uh, for, for Vegas and all hail Elon Musk, our fantastic <laughs> leader. Oh, you're just trying to uh, rile people up with that last sentence there, I see. Oh, one more thing, Mark, before we move on from Tesla. There was a leak about the Cybertruck, which is coming out next year. There's over a million pre-orders for the Cybertruck. I have pre-ordered the Cybertruck. That will be my next Tesla. The most hideous vehicle in history. <laughs> Jasmine hates it, except for she doesn't like the way it looks on the outside. The inside's very nice. It's very Tesla on the inside. So, uh, of course, that, that works for her. But there was a leak this week that there's going to be a blue color and a black color in addition to the silver color we've seen. I think the blue color looks really good. And I showed it to her, and she liked it, so that's a win. So now she's on board with the Cybertruck. Life is good. There you go. You'll have to uh, send me a picture of the blue truck so I can uh, crap all over it and, and you know give you balance in your life. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. People love to crap on uh, on Teslas, but uh, especially Mark. But he's ridden in it twice. He does, he does like it. It's a nice car. It's not the fanciest car. I have an old Tesla Model S, so it's not like I'm driving the brand new car off the dealership. But it does, uh, it does get me from point A to point B pretty fast. And I like that. All right. So on the show, once in a while, we're going to do a rapid fire session. This is your, your new idea here where you're just going to pop questions at me really fast. And I'm going to try to answer. Is that how it's going to go? Yep. That is the plan. This is a uh, rapid fire. Sean doesn't know what I'm going to ask. So it's top of mind type of quick snap decisions. So it might not be like what everybody thinks, or it might not even be what he thinks, you know, later down, maybe we'll do like a follow up next week where we say okay of these questions would you like to change anything after you've you thought about it for a bit but this will be interesting because it's rapid fire since we have the grace of editing he'll probably edit out his uh, long pauses that he <laughs> that he'll have from these questions so let's roll through it all right best caesar's property best caesar's property in vegas or anywhere let's do both best caesar's property in vegas it has to be caesar's palace it's their iconic property it has pretty nice rooms, especially in the newer towers. It has that iconic pool area. We've talked a lot about how it's a maze and everything else, but Jay Sarno built that thing. You know, everyone is a Caesar. They're bringing back that ad campaign too with with JB Smoove with their new uh, their new sports betting app, and everybody is a Caesar, right? You know, we are all Caesars. So Caesar's Palace for sure in Vegas. Outside of Vegas, I'm not sure there's some, you know, there's some neat, neat properties here and there. Probably the one in Dubai, the hotel in Dubai is probably their nicest property outside of Vegas. I haven't been there, but uh, that's going to be my answer. Real quick, what's your answer? Oh, uh, see, I, I'm not like Caesars is the easy answer, I think, because it's it's, you know, the biggest uh, that's supposed to be their jewel. But like we said, I hate the maze. Uh, I don't really the rooms are OK. The pool, the pool looks pretty. But then when you get close, like stuff's falling off of it and grouts falling in and tile missing so i you know i would say paris I, I really enjoy paris i like the location i like the rooms if you get outside the the low end i like the rooms i like the property i like the restaurants that are attached i don't really like the caesar's restaurants, so i would go with paris gambling wise i would go planet hollywood i agree the planet hollywood casino is definitely 
uh, pretty nice. Just the, the openness, the high ceilings, all of that stuff. Paris, very solid. In fact, the old Paris rooms before the renovation a few years ago were very like dark and very like old world European. And I didn't really care for that look. But the new look of the Paris rooms since they renovated them, very modern. And I agree with you, that property uh, does really, really good. I still think Caesars for the history, but I don't think you go wrong with Paris or in your case, uh, as you say, Planet Hollywood's casino, pretty, pretty darn good. All right, what's the next one? All right, uh, so I know wins your favorite, so I wasn't going to ask favorite overall, but uh, best M Life property you can do Vegas and World if you want. Our best M Life property has to be City Center, and then I would say within City Center has to be Aria. And I know that it's tough with Bellagio, and I kind of back and forth on that, but I just tend to go a little bit more modern, I think, so I would choose Aria. But considering they're right next to each other, I kind of see them as a nice one-two punch. So Aria, for me, will be the best M-Life property, followed by Bellagio. Okay, most overrated strip hotel. Like, doesn't matter what brand, just the one that everybody talks about or whatever that you think is just grossly overrated. I'm waiting for you to say Cromwell. (laughs) Ellis Island. (laughs) This is a hard one. I can't think of overrated hotel. Or just property in general that you're underwhelmed by. Give me yours. What's your most overrated? I'm just—it's not coming to me right now, but it, something will come to mind. <laughs> I don't have one. <laughs> I figured you would say Cromwell, you know, because a lot of people do enjoy that one. They like they like the casino, and I actually like the rooms. But you were just totally underwhelmed by it. I will say that Venetian Palazzo seems to to have a lot of people who. Don't like it because of the theming, even though it's a very high-end hotel, and I've always liked it. I love the rooms. I know you didn't care all too much for it. So that's a property that people like swear by. It's their number one overall property in Vegas for a lot of people, better than Wynn, better than anything else. And then there's a lot of people who just don't get it or don't like it. So I feel like that's a property that drives a wedge for people. For me, I really love Venetian Palazzo. I think it's great. It's not up there at the very top, but it's very good. Um, But it's hard for me to find ones that are not that are overrated just because the ones that are kind of crappy, people say that uh, about them. Maybe we should say like your least favorite uh, strip hotel. But I will say now talking about Venetian, you know, I got basically like a host left Caesars and went there or whatever because I got an offer in the mail for a free room and like free gambling, some gambling stuff. And this was, man, it had to be 12 years ago, something like that. And I stayed and I was not, I was very excited about it. Because it is something that you hear, and I stayed in the actual Venetian. I think this was even before Palazzo was uh, built. And I did like the the main areas. I liked the restaurants. Uh, the casino was nice enough. You know, the the walkways and everything was great. But the room just seemed beat up, and it didn't seem all that luxurious to me compared to some other stuff I had stayed at. I would say that that's up there for me and uh, overrated for sure. All right, we'll move on. Most underrated on the strip. So maybe we'll have another blank one from you. I mean, most underrated, that's another tough one. I will say that like Mandalay Bay and Delano, and you talked about the Four Seasons earlier, that property I feel like is underrated. A lot of people dismiss it because of its location, but it's a very nice property, very nice casino, uh, high-end restaurants, has everything there. Really, of course, one of the best, if not the best pool area in all of Las Vegas. The rooms are really good at Mandalay Bay. Base rooms all have a tub and shower you know i think they're 550 square feet for the base room there delano is all suites a lot of times you can find that for very cheap in fact delano may be the best value in all of las vegas hotels a lot of the time 
uh, because you get a separate lobby, you get all of that stuff. Uh, so I feel like that property is often undervalued by a lot of visitors because they just don't look at that end of the strip or anything like that. It's a very high-end property, one I've enjoyed for many years and one I continue to enjoy. And I've stayed at Delano probably more than any property over the last five years because I like it that much. Yeah, I know that's a one everybody loves, especially with uh, FHR stuff, the food credit. Usually you can basically get paid to stay there a lot of times during the week in Vegas. So that's a good that's a good one. All right, uh, best spot. If you're going to like take your family on vacation to Vegas, which remember in like the 90s where Vegas was trying to be very family-friendly, what would be the hotel-casino combination that you think would be a good one to take uh, for a family? I have to say Tropicana, of course, right? Because that's my uh, my old school. <laughs> There's nothing like vibe, family there. No, I, mean, I, I think Mandalay Bay is a good answer for that because it has that great pool area. It also has the aquarium, and it's located by tram to Excalibur. So then you have all the games, all that stuff there. Uh, New York, New York is you know just on the other side there. MGM Grand. Uh, over there. So there's just a lot of uh, more kids stuff, I think, on the south end of the strip, better arcades, uh, things like that. I would give MGM Grand an honorable mention there too, because they have an incredible pool area uh, for kids and a lot of a lot of non-gaming space there as well. Flamingo, also an incredible pool. They have all the animal attractions. So those, those would be kind of where I would say, but I think Mandalay Bay is the best family hotel in Vegas. Now, if you're going off strip, like a local type of thing, where would you stay with a family? I think Red Rock, is really good. Uh, Red Rock Casino out near, uh, out in Summerlin. Um, there's downtown Summerlin is right next door. So that's a huge modern outdoor shopping mall with all kinds of restaurants. The ballpark is all is right there as well. Uh, Red Rock Canyon, uh, which is a very famous place to visit for people out here, is only about 20 minutes away from there. So I think that's a really great place and it has an amazing pool area as well. Uh, Green Valley Ranch, which is owned by the same company, has a very similar thing out here uh, near my house in Henderson. But uh, I think Red Rock is the is the best place for locals to go. All right. Next one. Best Fremont Street area hotel sans circa. Best Fremont area hotel. <laughs> That's easy. Golden Nugget. Golden <laughs> Nugget is the best. It's beautiful. Yes. It's old. It's classy. It's the first casino that Steve Wynn, you know, built, owned and built the hotel tower. It has the history there. The location is really good because it's right across from Circa and it's near Plaza. So it's on the better end of Fremont Street experience, in my opinion. So, yeah. Every everything leads to Golden Nugget. You always see quite a few kids in that pool too, with the Shark Tank and the water slide and everything. So that's another option if you want to go to Fremont Street. That's a, a decent option for uh, kids for sure. And then you can walk down to the Container Park and stuff like that. So yeah, I agree with that. I would say my favorite place to gamble is Golden Gate. You know, a lot of history. Kind of like the first people to bring back dancing dealers, and I like that they they have dan- a lot of places have dancers. But that one, you know, they dance and then they come around and deal. And it's just very small, quaint. And I've always had a lot of fun there and, and done pretty well. So that probably plays into it. All right. Best local, cause like let's say you're doing a date night, but you can't do strip or any of the mega properties. What's your go-to locals casino? Or like maybe throw in there like a best uh, restaurant at a locals casino type of thing or where a lot of people go type of stuff. That's a tough one. I mean, because it depends on what you're looking for. I think if you're looking for like a nice casino Again, Red Rock or Green Valley Ranch, those are both really nice. They both have some very good steakhouses. Hank's, for instance, at Green Valley Ranch is a very, very nice steakhouse uh, that's been around. You know, it's very popular in this area for a long time. So I think that those would be good. But I think that picking those kind of overlooks kind of the experience, the the mid-tier experience. I think Samstown is a really cool casino for locals. It has that big atrium. They have like laser shows, animatronic animals and stuff like that. 
Um, but you also have a very local casino, um, have a bowling alley, have movie theater, kind of all that stuff. So it's all, it's all there. So I like that a lot. And then a kind of old school, I grew up near the Orleans and I was there when it was built in the movie theaters. And so like, I get that for, I like the nostalgia of that as well. So I guess for local casinos, I think the ones that have, you know, have the movie theaters, have the bowling alleys, those sorts of things, nice casinos. Suncoast is another one I like, but probably because I have old school ties to that as well. Um, so yeah, those all kind of tick the boxes for me. I was uh, waiting to hear M in there. Yeah, I like the M a lot. I should have said that. M is really, really nice. I see M as kind of a hybrid between tourists and locals. It is definitely a locals casino, but it draws a lot of tourists in just because of its location and now because of its partnership with the Raiders. Now, is there any, this is this wasn't on my list, but I'm throwing this in there. Is there any, like, let's say you want to come to Vegas just for the weather, the pool. Is there any, like, resort type of place people should look at, uh, you know, near Las Vegas, but maybe a little bit outside that isn't really casino focused, but they could go if they just wanted to, like, relax for three days a week or whatever and kind of like a beach vacation, but in Vegas? Yeah, there's Lake Las Vegas, which is probably 30 minutes from the Vegas Strip. It used to have a casino out there, but the casino isn't open. But there is a Hilton and there's a Westin right on the lake. It's a man-made lake not far from Lake Mead. So they have beaches. They have all that. It's its own sort of resort area. So you're kind of away from the city and all that. Beautiful views. So Lake Las Vegas is really cool. And then if you have status with either Hilton or Marriott, then you can also uh, benefit from those hotel brands being there. I stayed at the Hilton. It used to be a Ritz-Carlton, I believe. And then it went to becoming independent. It was branded as Ravella, which is my brother got married there actually quite a few years back now. Uh, and now it's been a Hilton for many years. And then the Westin is in a different area. And that actually, the Westin used to be a Hyatt Regency way, way back in the day. Um, but that's a really nice area, Lake Las Vegas, if anybody wants to to get away. I wouldn't want to spend three days there, but I think it's a great, you know, overnight kind of destination, get away from the strip, especially if you have a car. Yeah, that's uh, some, I think that'd be a cool video, just that area. So maybe we can get you to go out there for a night and uh, take Ellie to the lake and, and uh, do a video. I, I'd love to see it. At least I'd like to watch it. So maybe just for me, you can do it. All right. I think that's enough questions for today. Yeah, it was it was really good. I enjoyed those questions, and I know you have a ton more, like you have food-related ones, and so we're going to do these occasionally on the show as we go. Next week, I think we have our, our good friend Ryan Flanagan, hopefully on the show. He was supposed to be on the show this week, but he got stuck. He was flying Spirit Airlines with a connection, which is never good, and he got really, really messed up with them, and uh, he couldn't make the interview, so uh, we did the show, but hopefully he'll be back. He works at the Venetian as a gondolier, and he's also worked at many of these shows on the Strip. So he's going to tell us all about what it's like to be an entertainer in Las Vegas. And uh, he's been working on the Strip all throughout COVID, too. So lots of cool things there. He's also a moderator in our Facebook group, the Miles to Memories Facebook group, if you want to join that. Uh, he knows a lot about travel, about everything. He's traveled all around the world on performing on cruise ships. Really, really fun and interesting guy. One of my favorite Vegas people. And I'm excited to have him here next week so Mark and I can find out what it's just like to to perform in front of all you crazy people while you're drunk and screaming and, and barfing and all the other stuff that happens uh, in showrooms in Las Vegas. So that's uh, that's going to be fun. 
Anything else to uh, add, Mark, before we get out of here? Nope. I had a lot of fun. Got a lot of info. Now I need to go to Lake Las Vegas and hang out at Hilton, use my diamond status. So planning my trip. Well, don't forget that you can find this show in any podcast app. Just search for MTM Vegas or Miles to Memories. Mark and I also do our Travel Miles and Points podcast, the Miles to Memories podcast, which you can find in all those same podcast apps. We appreciate all of your reviews, all of your support. We also have our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash miles to memories with Vegas hotel reviews, tours, and our weekly MTM Vegas news show where Mark and I discuss all of the latest news in a quick sort of format to tell you everything that's happening in Las Vegas. Don't miss it. YouTube.com forward slash miles to memories. Thanks to everybody who watches, listens, and reads our content. All of our Vegas stuff finally can be found at mtmvegas.com. So that's the place where you can find our podcast, our videos, our posts, everything else. So I hope you got all that. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time. See you next week.